0: I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hey, y'all. So, we are bringing Women's History Month to a close on a Thursday. So, I would like to throw it back to exactly one year ago to our session with Takeda Bankhead, who is the founder and chief editor of The Pedestal Project, Takita was the first person to agree to be a part of the show's transition from what was then the Purpose University podcast to what is now the First Gen Lounge. Um, So to to explain this a little bit, um, I didn't even change the show's name at first because I was wondering if doing this first-gen interview thing was actually going to work out. And when I saw it picking up traction and speed, I decided in September that I was going to go ahead and change the name and keep things popping. But this show is really significant because it wasn't even until recently that I realized that this show came out the last Thursday of Women's History Month. And what better way to have end of the month than with another woman inspiring empowering and uplifting me and my own journey um uplifting us and our journeys to embrace our womanhood and to put ourselves on a pedestal so let's not forget from where we come beautiful people especially my beautiful women and my my beautiful women of color um so take in this particular episode as we're flashing it back um and I hope that all of you especially especially my ladies have celebrated yourselves this month but I pray that you celebrate yourself always so yeah without further ado let's take it back take it back take it back oh and by the way women are dope All right, y'all. I want to welcome you back to the Purpose University podcast. I am your host, Dr. Eve. I am thrilled today. I have a a guest that has been an amazing, amazing person in my life. And I want to say maybe, gosh, nine years now. Um, It's been a minute, right? Okay, sans. Um, (laughs) But this is Takeda Bankhead, who is the creator and editor-in-chief of the Pedestal Project. Takeda, what's up?
1: Hi, thank you so much. First of all, thank you, Dr. E, for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. I've followed the podcast and you've been a huge supporter of everything that you're doing. So I'm really excited that the stars have aligned and now that we're here together. So thank you again for
0: having me. Oh, gosh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to come onto the show because I know you've been. Taking off, girlfriend, with this pedestal project. Oh yeah! <laughs> I'm really, I'm really proud of you. Like, I am so proud of you. This is yeah, really it, big. It's been crazy,
1: you know. It, it started as something I wouldn't necessarily say that it was going to be a hobby, but it started off as something that was very personal. Hmm. Um, but it was, it it has been like mind-blowing I know I've sent you messages like oh my gosh so many people are reading like I wasn't expecting that <laughs> um, and it's been it's been so rewarding and just so heartwarming for people to connect with it and really just kind of find something in it that speaks to them too so it's been a truly a labor of love for sure
0: so let's talk about how you even got to this labor of love like tell us who you are like what do you do like who is Taquita Bankhead
1: oh gosh okay so I'll uh just in my day job (laughs) well (laughs) I am a registered nurse um and I work in at the University of Illinois here and at the counseling center so my title although it's kind of general. Um, My title is specialist in education, but I do a lot of work around alcohol and other drugs. And so from my nine to five, what I'm doing is talking to people, mostly college students, about harm reduction and making sure that they are aware of how to safely use or abstain from any drugs or substances. So after five and outside of work, I am just unapologetically Black. I love everything about it. And I I would say, I think um, being at Illinois, honestly, had a huge role in in shaping that for me. My first job, when I came here, I worked in our African-American Cultural Center. And so I was the assistant director there for two years. And I think that that was a place where not only was I helping other students kind of come to terms with what their Blackness was, I think it was definitely an eye-opener for me, too. Mm. Um, And so... Basically, kind of going into that, it helped me unlock a lot of other areas about my identity that I didn't realize that I was really, really passionate about. And so outside of that, I do a lot of work around just black women, um, advocating for black women in a a variety of different ways. Um, I focus a lot on mental health and just Mm -hmm. coping. Effective coping um and that ties a lot of my nursing plus the counseling piece plus the blackness piece all together um so anything that helps black women be them best, be their best selves is what, what I'm typically more drawn to um outside of that I'm a huge Brandy fan um, <laughs> <laughs> people most people who know me they they can definitely say that about me I'm a huge Brandy fan um I love reading I love like writing just about anything that's artsy crafts you know I I love all that kind of thing um and I also love to travel and I am known to take a solo trip (laughs) Uh, okay Okay. (laughs) moments notice so uh, any of my friends will tell you Takeda does not mind hopping on the road alone so yeah kind of a (laughs) random all of about about me
0: Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's interesting because before I was married, (laughs) I was that kind of person too. Like, I'm going somewhere, I'm going. Catch you later. I mean, that's really bold, especially as a woman to just say, look, I'm going. I ain't scared. Tell us a little bit more about the Pedestal Project because that's the thing. um, And I just really know more about it. So how did you get to it? What was that that moment for you that you were like, oh, this is it?
1: So, okay, so the pedestal project um, was an idea that was born out of um, an experience that I had. Uh, here it was probably in like October. So now we're in March. So this happened maybe like October of last year. Um, I was coming out of a, I'm doing air quotes for relationship. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily even call it that looking back, but I was coming out of a a situation that way. Um, And it had been going on for almost 10 years. And it was one of those final moments where it was like, no, really, this is not gonna work. No matter how many times you revisit it, no matter how many times you think, no, he might be the one like this is there's a reason there were no more what ifs anymore so what I did what I realized is that after I finally was able to let that situation go well what made me kind of let it go is this person stood me up for my birthday oh wow so it was it was definitely an eye-opening situation to just say like you know, no matter what you want to believe, this is the reality, and this is what what this situation is or is not. So, started going to going back uh, to counseling. I'm a huge supporter of counseling, but I will also own that when my schedule gets a little too busy, sometimes I don't keep up my appointments. And I think I had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, something is off. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like my normal and so I started going to counseling Now I do our uh, right now I do the counseling that they offer on campus for faculty staff because um, I think ours is pretty good so I usually will go there um, but sometimes the downside of that is you get an intern and not to say that interns are any less qualified but you could tell that they're kind of learning with mm. you. for where I was I didn't have as much patience as I thought I would have for an intern also having a counseling background I go in and I'm like look, this is what i need and this is what i don't need i'm very <laughs> i'm very specific about what i need for my therapist and so she and i had gotten to like my third session um and i just was talking about all these different challenges that i was having um at work you know i had just started this new position I had all these things going on, and I just talked about all these different areas in my life where I felt like I had to prove something, mm. or I felt like I had to level up, in a sense. She kind of stopped me, and she said, you know, have you ever thought about the fact that you put everyone and every situation in your life on a pedestal except for yourself?
0: Ooh.
1: And, <laughs> right? Oh.
0: Okay. Right.
1: You're, talking, you're talking now. Okay. Right. And so, um, that literally shook me. It, it just oh. shook me. My my core, um, because I had never thought about it in that way. Of course, you know especially if you work in the helping profession, which all of my career path have been in the helping profession, that feels natural to put people before you and to say, you know, I'm here to serve, you know, I'm here to lead and, and to, you know, to for the greater good. I had never thought about it in that perspective is that everybody else, I was lifting everyone else up based on all these different preconceived notions I had in my head and I had never once applied that to my own life. So <laughs> I ended up, I, I just had to chew on that for a little while so I talked to all of my friends and I was like, let me tell you what my counselor told me like she told me that you know I had this pedestal complex and every single one of my friends is like yeah that is absolutely true (laughs) absolutely do that I don't understand why you just now realize. and I'm like really like why y'all didn't tell me like you know so um which I'm sure they probably had been telling me and I just hadn't listened Um, (laughs) right (laughs) you know so I'm sure that that was probably what it was And so um, also at the time I was working with a close friend of mine and we were thinking about doing like a blog together. But the more I played around with this idea, I had a conversation with her and I said, you know, I think this is something that I need to do. Like I'm feeling led to do something that's more personal to this experience. Because if I feel like, I'm putting everyone else on a pedestal. I know at least 10 black women off the top of my head that are doing the same thing. Mm. And so that was basically where the idea was born. So I said, oh, it'll just be a blog. I'll kind of write about my experiences. But then I thought about, you know, the actual literal concept of a pedestal. And what does that mean to recognize, to uplift? Um, to to restore and to affirm Black women. And so what I decided to do was to build a site around uplifting Black women through restoration, validation, and affirmation. Um, and just so that, you know, Black women could go to a place to say, hmm, you know, I have had a situation like this, but here's where I can see women who look like me and recognize that there mm-hmm. are people with similar gifts and similar talents, people who can support me um, and lead me to my own pedestal. And so it's almost kind of, I took it on as a mission to reclaim the concept of the pedestal because I think when you think about a pedestal, a lot of times people think about, you know, raising people to these unrealistic standards or um, these standards where you don't make mistakes. Um, And so I wanted to to present it in a way that is a way of absolutely exalting the Black women, but still they're human. Um, and still making sure that we say like, hey, you know, I do have moments where I don't have it all together, but that doesn't make me any less wonderful. And, and I think that those are the types of stories and the types of experiences um, that I like to display. And so thus uh, in February, I pulled everything together and Pedestal project launched and it's had a phenomenal response. <laughs> so I'm super excited to see where it goes.
0: Nice, nice. I think a lot of us who are following you are looking forward to where it goes too because it's really catchy. I remember when you mentioned something to me about it, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> hold up. Because it, it's one of those things where you even bring together that community of black women to say, Sister, I see you. And I have a, a friend, um, her name is Ebony Johnson. She's actually a source. well, she does event planning. And one of her things is always, we we work well when we work together. We don't have to work against each other. Let's, let's help each other out. And so to even see this project that you're working on manifest in that same way, I'm like, Black women, we get it. You know, it's not that we can't get along, we can't work together, we can't celebrate each other, because I think that's a negative stereotype that's often out there, that, you know, there's cattiness and there's pettiness and there's drama, and it is. Um, Believe it to reality TV. <laughs> you make a thing that we we can't be friends, right. but we can be. So I really I really love that, and I'll tell you also that it inspired me because, um, really seriously, over the past year or two, probably closer to two, I have been going through this shift of identity, mm-hmm. and one of those shifts has been stepping into myself, um, not just as a woman, but as a black woman, because for a while people, you know, I would identify as black first or black and not even acknowledge the woman part of who I am because I'm just a person. I'm as smart. I'm as strong. Um, I recognize I'm a woman, but that wasn't a big deal, but I'll tell you what happened to me. I transitioned into entrepreneurship and that's when I realized the world did look at me different because before I didn't really notice it you know that oh I'm a black woman but when it's time to even do stuff like uh, market yourself or have events network um, as far as it started to become real with me that I was like yo I'm a black woman and not just that I'm a married black woman and so I forgot to put myself on the pedestal and while I would see other black women do great things and want to celebrate them, similar to yourself. So look, I'm probably in one of them 10, right? But while I was you know, celebrating other black women, I wasn't giving myself credit for some of the things that I was doing as well. So to hear this and see this, it's refreshing. It's definitely refreshing to be a part of a space and, and to see a community grow where black women can finally breathe again and, and to be highlighted. So I, I love that. But I would also go on to, to think this. Would you say that with what you're doing, that you are finally your most authentic self?
1: I think, I mean, I think I probably am the most authentic that I've ever been, but I still mm. think there's more for me to gain. Um, mm. And what I mean by that is that I feel like I am, I'm beginning to move into this space of this optimal, um, authenticity.
0: Oh, optimal authenticity. Oh, no, Go I, ahead now. No I, mark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I really think so because I think this is a, this is one of the first things that I've been able to do that is completely separate from my job. Um, mm-hmm. So I tell people what I do just because, you know, that does kind of matter for the context of some of the topics that I talk about. Um, but this is something that is completely me. It's um, mm-hmm. not necessarily something that I'm doing for professional advancement or anything like that. It's it's solely because I feel like this is a part of the voice that God has given me. Mm-hmm. It's something that I feel like it's tied to my purpose. Um, I re- mm-hmm. The reason I say that I think... Um, on the way is because I think that more parts of my my purpose will begin to unfold um, and so I think as those parts begin to become clearer to me I think I'll probably start to unlock more um, more areas of authenticity so I think I'm definitely the most authentic that I've ever been I'm absolutely the most comfortable with myself that I've ever been in my life and that's such a freeing um, place to be uh, and I think it's part of it is just because Writing is my release. Um, so the fact that I've I've committed myself to doing something regularly that is something that helps me kind of release and process, um, it, it's kept me at a much clearer headspace. So I think that that's part of it. Um, but I also think that, you know, that that's something that will continue to happen and will continue to reveal things to me.
0: That is really awesome, and it sounds to me like it's become a self care practice. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, that and I,
1: and, I, and I think what also is so beautiful about it is that as I seek to uplift these other Black women, you know, I get so excited putting these stories together. You know, when I when I highlight other Black women for the Pedestal Professional Series or for the On the Rise Series, where I highlight um, college students or entrepreneurs just hearing some of the things that they've done and putting that together and saying, wow, you know, I get to celebrate, you know, another black woman. And also just in celebrating them, I've built a connection to another woman of support, Um, whether that means, you know, I can support them. They'll support me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm building this, this network inadvertently that I really wasn't trying to, but the pedestal project doesn't work without other black women. And so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really excited that that's kind of the way it's almost morphed itself. To where, you know, like, I, now I'm getting to the point where I have, you know, Black businesses who are excited to sponsor and list their information on my site. Nice. I have women who are starting to share their personal stories for our Amplify series, just to bring voices to that. So my site doesn't work without other Black women, because um, I couldn't do all of that alone. And so um, eventually, you know, I have a staff, you know, I'm going to speak that into existence. Um, and <laughs> that that will be that will also be something that again it it helps and so also understanding that you have to fortify the pedestal that we talk about so I mean I think that's fortified definitely by other black women Mm,
0: I love that I love that a lot you are definitely on the move and again I just commend you for the work that you're doing and I look forward to seeing this thing continue to just just take over Um, Mm -hmm. definitely so let me let me ask you a little bit about I guess like where you are in your life like, would you even say that you're currently living your best life? I think so. <laughs> so, so, what is that, so what does that mean then? What does it mean to live your best life? I think what
1: that means is that I am in a space where I have way more blessings than shortcomings. Um, and I, for me, I, I'm blessed with the ability to, for one, take care of myself independently, um, I am single, you know, just in case you have any purpose listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I am in a place where I am able to take care of myself, but also to give freely, whether it's to a cause or to people that I love. Um, and then I'm also able to do things that I really wanted to do, that I really want to do and that I've always wanted to do. Um, like I talk about traveling. I travel all the time. Um, and so that's something that I'm right now I'm blessed because I don't have anything that keeps me from doing that. Um, you know, I'm healthy. I have, Like the little things I have all of the little things and I'm aware of all of the little things right now. Um, I have a family that loves me. I have best friends and sores and people who love me dearly and support me fiercely. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, it can only get better at this point. So I think that I absolutely am living my best life.
0: I love that your concept of living a best life is, is holistic. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes people think that to live your best life, you have to have a lot of material things or a lot of relational things, but yours is a nice, it's a nice balance. It's a little bit of everything sprinkles. And so that's, that's really beautiful. I like that a lot. So is there a time in your life that you've ever face any kind of adversity that you want to share with us and maybe how did you overcome it because you really transitioned from you know being this person who was trying to figure out what to do with your career to having this this light bulb moment during your counseling session that was like I'm about to do this pedestal project thing so the makings of who you are but is there that one moment that just really stumped you and that you were just like yo not today satan (laughs)
1: um I think there have been a few moments I think the one that probably comes to mind that is one of the most impactful and definitely the story that I share with my students is when I failed out of nursing school
0: Mm. um because you told us you're a registered nurse now yes I am Mm. yes
1: I Um, but there was definitely a setback um, within that nursing journey. So I was originally supposed to graduate in May of 2011 um, at Mississippi University for Women. And there was so the way our program worked and many nursing programs, I'm sure if people are in nursing school that can relate to this, is that every question every point everything counts um and so with the way our program was set up is if you didn't make at least I want to say it was like a 73.45 it was something like that um for the class average then you fail if you fail one course you fail the semester and if you fail the semester you're a year behind Mm. and so if you fail that once you re-enter after that year if you fail again then your nursing dreams are bye-bye oh
0: wow Um,
1: and so I remember I was getting I was going into my final exams, um, ended up missing my final by less than a point. Um, it, it had to be like I think it was maybe no more than a point. It was somewhere in that range. Um, and I remember just being devastated. I had never failed anything in my life. I was an honor student, A B student, like every everything. I was always the top of the top of the class academically. Um, and so I had never failed. That that was something that had never happened to me. And so I remember being so ashamed and just so just, yeah, shame was probably the biggest thing that I felt. I remember hiding in my room that whole day and just crying and just really feeling like my world was over. Uh, fast forward to the next day, um, talked to two mentors of mine who kind of had already figured out what had happened, but ended up offering me two jobs for the semester wow. that I would be taking out. And I was like, whoa, wait, I didn't even come here for that. <laughs> like, you know, and you know, there's, it, it was definitely like a, okay, God, I see what you're doing. You got a plan somewhere in here kind of moment. And that semester that I was off is where I started to do a lot more Black programming on campus because I had this free time. And it was the happiest semester I had in my college career. Wow. Um, and that was and that was the time where I was introduced into student affairs. And so the following fall, I had to reenter into nursing school, still a light semester because you only have to retake the one class. So passed that class, ended up going through and finishing my final semester in spring. But during that time, I started doing like a secret grad school search because I didn't want my nursing professors to to sense any weakness because I, I, in my head, I thought if you feel like I'm not 100% here, you won't help me finish. Hmm. You won't help me. And I'm sure that there's a lot of layers behind that, that that could probably be another conversation for another day, (laughs) but that was my thinking at the time. And so I didn't let anyone know until I had secured a job and until I had been admitted into a graduate program. So once I did that, I ended up passing my final by one question. Like, (laughs) I don't even, I don't know that I've cried so hard in my life. Um, and I think that the biggest lesson that I always tell people from that is that failure is not final. You know, that That's the biggest thing that I tell my students is that, you know, you can have such a stringent plan for your life, even in the midst of when everything is going wrong and everything is completely going against what you had planned. It still works out for good. It mm-hmm. always works out for good. And all you have to do is just, kind of be still and just try to see what God is trying to do in the midst of what's happening. If you're a spiritual person, I, I actually am a, a pretty spiritual person, so I feel like there's meaning in everything and eventually things work out the way they're supposed to. I didn't. I don't know if I believed that as firmly then, <laughs> but I think that that experience has definitely taught me that. So I am still a nurse, but I also realized that just because I was doing something academically didn't mean that it was my life purpose. Oh. Um, So I was like, duh, I'm almost done with this degree, so it'll be dumb not to finish. But I realized that I didn't have the desire to excel and to be my best at it. So I was like, this is not my
0: calling. Hmm. And so at what point, though, did you realize what your calling was? Oh, it was absolutely the semester that I was out. Um,
1: I met one of my current mentors at a program randomly. I was doing a Black History Month program, and his name is Cedric Gathings, and he he was one of my panelists. And I, you know, he said, "You know, you did a really good job with this program." If you ever think about a career in student affairs, you know, give me a call. Now I'm like, sir, clearly you don't know that I'm a nursing major. Like, (laughs) like, you know, that was, I was thinking, okay, he's just being nice. He's just saying that, you know, just being, you know, just being cordial. And so I started to apply for nursing externships, which is similar to an internship for summer. And I was getting turned down left and right. And I couldn't understand why again, I don't fail. Like, these are things that don't happen to me. So I was like, I don't understand. And I said, I needed something to do for the summer. So I give him a call. I said, you know, let me just figure out what is the student affairs stuff like. What is it? And I go do an internship with him. At the time, he was in the Center for Student Activities and the Greek Life Office at Mississippi State. And so I went there and he said, yeah, you can do an internship with us from May to July and I'll make sure that you learn everything there is to know about student affairs and so he's getting me a list of people to email and he was like set up appointments with them go meet with them and find out what they do and I'm like are you not going to do this for me or not? <laughs> I do know what I'm doing right <laughs> so he's like no you I want you to get the full experience so I ended up literally having days where I shadowed the dean of students I sat in on residence director trainings for several days like any any department that had anything to do with student affairs I was in their office and by the time I finished that internship I said oh my gosh this is exactly what I'm supposed to be. um like I, I was like this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing like why didn't I know that this existed before and so then I was nervous about having to go back into nursing school because I knew that my passion really wasn't going to be there, but I wow. knew that I could get through it. So I, again, I went into it with the mindset that this is what I have to do in order to get to what I want to do. And because I was like, this is the means to an end because my degree didn't matter. I just had to have one. <laughs> so I went through because that was the one that I was closest to finishing and finished my degree, took my licensure exam, passed everything, and then started my grad school career. I think it was maybe like a month after I got my license. Um, as a hall director and so it wasn't um it wasn't necessarily that I don't don't like nursing I didn't love it enough to make it my life Mm. because I I do enjoy health I still enjoy the nursing knowledge and the skills part and I still actually use it quite often but it wasn't enough for me to say okay I want to be a nurse practitioner I want to be the best at it I want to be at the top um that it just wasn't that for me
0: isn't it crazy though how sometimes in life we do things because it seems practical because it's yeah this is the right path but then that thing that is meant for us won't let us go like it'll pull us and be like aha gotcha because it sounds like that happened to you you know when oh, yeah. you
1: said right. I was lucky out of the hood you know like that's that was supposed to be the mm. you know like and and i would say what's pretty common for where i'm from is that if you are at least skilled in science and math and you're a woman most likely you're pushed to be a nurse if mm. you man and you're semi skilled in you know math or science you're pushed to be an engineer um, there are very few degrees outside of that that you're pushed to go into so I think that I kind of fell into, oh, you're smart. You can be a nurse, so why not?
0: Mm, that's real. That is so real, especially for those of us who are like first generation, right? And yeah. we go to school and it's kind of like, let's be successful. Let's be great. And being great is often contingent on how successful we can even be in a career, how much money we can make. Um, whereas really being successful is about how happy you can be, how content you can be with your life and really enjoying what you do. So I think that's real. It was a bold move to make. Because some people don't want to make that move because there's a lot of fear too, right? Like, how do you go from a nursing degree or from a nursing field where you know going to this job you're gonna make good money <laughs> to going to education where you know it's gonna take a long time to make good money. So it's just you I know
1: explaining that to the neighborhood. I had so many people
0: <laughs> to
1: this day who still are like oh, now why is she not nursing Mm -hmm. why is she not at a hospital she not even doing anything with that Mm -hmm. degree you know so and I'm like actually I'm doing quite quite a lot with it Mm -hmm. Um, you don't see me in scrubs or you don't see me with a stethoscope hanging around my neck but that degree is still getting used Um, so I think it's just always interesting because people have a very one dimensional way of thinking about career progression and that's just not that's not the path that I feel like I was made for
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us, what's next for you? So what's
1: next for me? um, With the Pedestal Project, I'm really writing this one out to see where it goes. Um, I definitely see more writing, hopefully book writing and maybe more research in the future on a personal note Hmm. Um, I would love to see a podcast and just more events um, more er enrichment events for black women um, out of the pedestal project and really just seeing how the platform takes off I think what I've been trying to do and what I think has been helpful is just to really try to not focus so much on the followers or the likes or the, the engagement but really focusing on the content and if it feels true to my mission. Um, and I think that that served me well. So I'm trying to just do that. Um, but yeah, just, just continuing to listen to God and listen to what I feel like he wants me to say. Um, and hope that it it lands on the right ears.
0: That's a word. That's That's a word right there. That's talking to a friend, another entrepreneur friend earlier about the same thing. How sometimes when we're in, in our, in our being, right. And doing what we were called to do that, it takes a little while to build. You have to just lay the foundation and trust that you're right, you laying the right foundation so that kind of like, you know, he was saying to me, once the house is built, people gonna see the house. People mm-hmm. don't see the work it takes to build a house, but they gonna see the house. So mm-hmm. you keep building your million dollar mansion, you hear me? Because you are, like I'm telling you, like it's, it's it's catching people. And I've just been watching it from its start and even in like a month's time, I've seen how much traction it's gotten and so I'm like, wow, I look forward to seeing what it is next year. So, as we're wrapping up, I have one more question for you. And that question is, if there was one thing that you'd like for listeners to walk away with, that one special message, something putting you on, what would that thing be?
1: Um, I can't take credit for this, but I think that it's something that has has really helped me. Um when things happen in your life that, you know, could could very well be tumultuous or, or you know, upsetting, um, try really, really hard not to ask yourself why it's happening to you, mm-hmm. um, but what it's doing for you. And mm-hmm. I think that that is has been something that adapting that mindset has been really transformative for me. And it's really helped me understand that my experiences are shaping my my purpose and are shaping the, the life and the legacy that I'm meant to leave. And so try really really hard to take every experience as a molding factor for you
0: Hmm, absolutely well thank you so much for your time today takita you have been wonderful tell us how we can find you where you at where we need to find you on social media website give us all that
1: so the pedestal project on the website is pedestalproject.com um, it's P-E-D-E-S-T-A-L project, P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot com. Um, we're also on Facebook, it's Pedestal Project, on Instagram at Pedestal Project. And, and if you look are looking just for me, um, I'm on Instagram at Takeda Applebaum, you know, just like the song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: it's not just like the song, but you get the drift. Um, it's oh, yeah. T-E-K-I-T-A-A-P-P-L-E-B-U-M. Um, so you can definitely find me there um, but yeah and if you are looking for anything else I can also be emailed um, pedestal project or work at gmail.com
0: That's all. again thank you thank you thank you uh, looking forward to being in touch with you again you know this has been a great episode and we will talk soon.